Hello, Spotlight friends. Welcome to another episode of Ave Spotlight. Today, we are visiting with my friend, Adam Fusley. He is my friend and he is an Ave Maria graduate where I went to school. And he is also working for the church and um, with people in the church to create a better world for all of us. He's all around just an awesome guy. And today we are going to talk about hurricane relief, especially in Louisiana and how we can help. So I'm really excited to have you here. Oh, I'm pumped to be here, Chanel. Thanks for having me. It was such a gift to get yeah your your social media reach out to me and, and invite me on. And uh, I was excited to be able to say yes. So thanks. Oh, well, I was so excited. Tell us a little bit about who you are, like where you're at. Yeah. So I currently live in Covington, Louisiana, which for those of you who aren't familiar with South Louisiana, it's the area just above the big lake by New Orleans. So we call ourselves the North Shore. So I live on the North Shore of the lake and I currently work with a Catholic nonprofit organization called Dumox Ministries. And uh, I just love what we do. I love it. It's so based in human relationships and we say all the time in our ministry that our ministry is only as strong as our relationships. And, and actually what we do is so integral when talking about relationships because it's so rooted in St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. So mm. uh, yeah, we offer camps and retreats and talks and, it's, and, and, and our mission really is to form people in their understanding of their identity through those teachings. A number of years ago, our founder realized that there was, obviously, there's been this vocational crisis. There's been this crisis of, of meaninglessness in people's lives for so long. And it continues to just seem to get worse. And as he was praying, he felt like the Lord put it on his heart. If there's a crisis in vocations, if there's a crisis in, in meaning in, in people's lives and purpose, it's because there's a crisis in identity what we're called to do is rooted in, in who we are. And if there's a misunderstanding in who we are, then we need to speak into that. And he had just found that St. John Paul II's teachings were just so powerful in, in doing just that. And so we've been doing that for the last number of years through these camp and retreat experiences. John Paul's writings are so dense and deep and, and quite intense. So we really try to make it a lived experience. Yeah, like we treat the head, but also there's very much uh, the heart as well and our retreat and camp experiences. They're called Echo. And, and I just love it. it it's, it's been such a huge gift. And actually, I think it's super tied into some of the topics that we're going to be talking about today in terms of, of gift of, of self, especially in times of, of great need. Dude, that is awesome. Hearing you list off all the things that Domox does, I was wondering when you sleep. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> That sounds like a lot, Um, but that sounds like an awesome ministry. I have a few friends myself that have attended your retreats and have had awesome times and have been frequent goers. So there's obviously something great happening there. So Dumbox Ministries is based in Louisiana. Is that correct? That's right. Yep. So our office space is actually, this is a welcome to the COVID world. Our office space is actually in my house. Uh, I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's like. (laughs) COVID happened. We had to, as so many ministries and nonprofits organizations had to do is we had to just look at everything and figure out, okay, like we're in a difficult time. What can we cut on, you know, where can we cut expenses? And and office rent was one of those. And so I opened up two bedrooms in my house. And, and so we've been operating out of here, which has been great. It's temporary, but it's been, but it's been great. And so, yeah, we're based here in the Covington, Mandeville, North Shore area of Louisiana. So 
I love that. And so being based in Louisiana and you're from Louisiana, is that correct? Originally, yeah. Yes. Uh, about an hour and a half north of Lafayette or so. Oh yeah. my gosh. Okay. Wow. Such poppin' cities. Your what name drops. So <laughs> you're based in Louisiana and you're from Louisiana. So what is your experience of community there? I know myself is like having lived there for a little bit post-college. I, I mean, the community was so impactful for me, even in my short period of time. And I love the people I met and how I felt so welcomed and warmed. And what is your experience of community? Yeah, it was actually something that I deeply missed when I was in Florida, when I was studying at Ave. And as I, as I continued to work there after I graduated, I missed it. I missed Louisiana culture a lot. And I don't think back then it was something that I could really name. But ever since being back in Louisiana, the, the experience of community is so rich. And I think it's because Louisiana has this understanding that it's important to invest in the leisure of its people. I don't know if you've ever been to Mardi Gras parades in New Orleans. Oh, yes. Crazy festivities. And if you've ever stayed until after the parade, it is like impressive. Like everybody's always in awe at like the floats and stuff. I'm in awe of what happens after the parade because <laughs> there is this like, major cleanup effort, just clean up crew. And it's like a, it's like a well-oiled machine. They just come through and just clean up so quickly. And I think it's a testament to, yeah, there are some parts about Mardi Gras that aren't great, but there is, there's so much about Mardi Gras that's great. And it's because it's such a leisurely event for the people of the city. It's a time for reconnection and the city really sees it worth investing in that by organizing this major, they have to clean up every night, like during this two week period, you know, this major cleanup event. And so investing in it is really important. And, and I think in order to do that, you have to be slow in order to like really enjoy leisure. There's a, necess a necessity to actually slow down and to, Oof. and to really encounter the person. And so if you've ever been in the deep South, you'll notice that we live just at a, a bit of a a different pace. New Orleans is a, is more of a city, but but and and in, in other parts in Louisiana, things just move slow. And I think it's really I think it's really important if I need to move slow in order to encounter the person that's in front of me mm -hmm. or else I'll I'll miss them, right? And so I think there's this integral connection between like leisure and moving slow and being intentional with that. And actually really being able to encounter the person. And that's where community comes from, is encountering the, the, the people that are in front of me, the, the individuals that, that God has put into my path. There's an invitation there to, to form bonds of community and, and, and recognize and reverence them. And yeah, I mean, it literally just means sharing life, right? Like I'm able to kind of take off the false masks more easily, I think, in a space that reverences me. And as I learn to reverence the people around me, the false masks fall away. And there's just an authenticity that leads itself to warmth. And I think all wrapped up in that is a desire to take care of, of one another. That, that's been one of the greatest gifts of living here. It's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect on this side of heaven. But, but there's just such a great desire and such a great invitation here of, of neighbors taking care of neighbors and sharing life with them, as I said, and I think it's just invaluable. And I think this area of the world has a lot to teach the rest of the world as I continue to be here and as I continue to learn more and more about it. 
Mm, you're speaking truth to life. And I know that you mean everything you say because you are one of the first, I mean, the first person besides one of my girlfriends from college, like you were one of the first people when I moved that reached out to me and invited me to a gathering. And I never forget how welcomed I felt and mm. how normal it felt to hang out with people I'd never met before. And I just love that about y'all. And I loved going to mass and even running into you guys and then being invited to brunch after, even though I wasn't a part of the original plan, but it was, just, it's just such a dynamic place, you know, and I feel like Louisiana can't be replicated from my limited life experience, but I feel like, you know, that is something that I stand by. So that's amazing. I love the community there. And I love how you guys really show up for each other, even in times that are challenging. And I feel like in this past couple months, there's been a lot of challenges that y'all have faced as, you know, particular cities and the whole state as a whole. And you've all really had to show up for each other. And I know that a lot of people have been wondering how they can help and how they can kind of support you guys. I know with the massive flooding and then the winds and all the damages and schools being closed and et cetera, and people being displaced. And there is a lot. And how are you guys kind of managing one? And then how can people support you that don't live in Louisiana? Like how can people kind of tag in there? Yeah. Thank you. You know, hurricanes aren't anything new for Louisiana. It's not like we're shocked by these things anymore. <laughs> uh, in fact, they're kind of part of the culture. That, I don't know if you remember living here, Chanel, but during hurricane season, we actually have a, it's part of our Catholic culture. We have a, a prayer to Our Lady of Prompt Secor. Mm-hmm. We say prompt, prompt sucker in Louisiana, but mm-hmm. Our Lady of Prompt Secor and, and asking her to, yeah, her for her prayers to spare us loss of life and, and property during every hurricane season. And so it's really nothing new, but it still doesn't change the reality of, of, you know, and some people ask, like, why would you continue to live in a space like Louisiana, where it's so vulnerable to these storms? It's because it's home, you know, this is home for people. It's worth the risk for people to live here because it's home. But that doesn't change the reality that we are left at periods of time in these in these difficult spaces. And I mean, immediately after a storm, like certain things just happen. Like, Mm. we know that this is going to happen. The power is going to be out. The roads are going to be a mess. If the power's out, then everything's running off of generators. If the power's out, getting gas is going to be a problem. And even just simple things like healthcare is hard to get to. I mean, in the immediate aftermath of a hurricane, like driving somewhere to get down the road to access healthcare if it's needed is is difficult. Water's an issue. Clean water's an issue. And so there are certain things that in the immediate aftermath of a hurricane are just necessary to find. And and are not easy to get a hold of. And so actually I was here, I stayed here during the hurricane because I felt called to help and I knew that there would be a lot of need afterwards. And, and the supply chains were already difficult and uh, getting, getting the immediate needs were hard. So I started reaching out to friends who were, had evacuated and who were in areas where there were supplies. And I was like, dude, can I send you money? And can you just like bring supplies in? Because we don't have mm. this stuff around here. Like we don't have gas. We can't run generators. It's a hundred degrees. Like they st- yes, they started doing that. And so I started posting on social media. Can you send, you know, does anybody want to help? I don't have any money. <laughs> I need help. And I tell you the generosity of people who were just like, I know Adam, I trust him. I know he's going to get this where it needs to go. And so I would just send people money. You know, my friend Courtney was up in Shreveport and I was like, Hey, can you just fill up your car? I'm going to send you 200 bucks. Just fill up your car with these necessities and bring it down. 
And so that just kept happening over and over again. And it's been such a beautiful experience. And so a lot of the immediate need was filled just by people being here. But now we're kind of moving into the space of now there's just an ongoing and a need for sustained help. Yes, yes. And, and I think that's where a lot of people can really step in and, and assist. Catholic Charities is doing some really great work around here. And I'll give you a few, a few websites to kind of post so you can have those places, places where people can give direct help. There are spaces still in South Louisiana that don't have power, that don't have running water, places that were completely devastated. There's a little community called Dulac, which is South Louisiana, not too far from the Gulf. This is a rural fishing community. There's one Catholic church there that kind of serves the needs of the people in that community. And I spent some time down there. And I tell you, I have never seen such destruction in my entire life. Mm. Houses wiped off the map. I mean, just complete destruction. And there's still a lot of homeless people who are trying to make use of what's left of their homes, living under tarps, living in their cars. And I mean, it's, it's essentially become a third world country in South Louisiana. And so there is a need for sustained, ongoing assistance to just be flowing into that community. There's a beautiful church, Holy Family Catholic Church in Dulac. They have a community of, of nuns and friars who serve them. They're called the Poor Friars and Nuns of Jesus and Mary. And the church there did sustain some damage. And so they removed the Blessed Sacrament, obviously, I think before the storm. The church sustained some damage. But so now it's being used to just store. They can't have religious services there. But they're using it to store all of these items. I mean, all these necessities, these essentials, toiletries, clean water, clothing, food, cleaning supplies, tarps, food, all everything that you can name that you could possibly need to try to get back on your feet. They're using wow. the church building as, as a storage facility to be able to get resources out into the community. And it's really beautiful. You know, this church previously had been used as a source of spiritual nourishment for you know, for so long. And now it's being a source of, of literally physical nourishment, the physical needs of the community are being met through this church. Mm. And so that's another like space to give that like, just needs like direct help. There's a Pope Francis quote that really struck me. Obviously we all need prayer. Prayer is, is the foundation of everything. It's, it's the lifeblood of all of the charitable activity of the church comes from a space of prayer and intercession. So we need prayer, but he said, he said something like this, you pray for the hungry, then you feed them. This is how prayer works, right? Like, yes, pray. But if I have the ability to, to meet an immediate need, like an immediate need of somebody that I know, or if I have the means to give 20, 50, 100 bucks, like, and I know that I can do this right now and it's going to fulfill a need of my neighbor, like, I can't fix it all. I can't fix everything in these people's lives. Like, I can't be the savior. I'm not the savior, but I can help one person through the gift of self that I make. Mm. And so if I have the beans, like just do it. Right. And that was really my interior conviction having stayed after the storm is like, if I can do this, I just want to, I just want to do it. I want to show up at someone's house and clear insulation because their house got demolished. And I want to go help cut trees off of this house. And I, I have the ability to do it and there's a need and I can step into the space of that need. And so I just want to encourage everybody. Yeah. If you've got, I mean, if you've got money, like if honestly, like we need money, <laughs> Louisiana needs your money. Mm, uh, yes. We need, we need finances. And like, 
look, if you're, if you're a family out there, I don't know if you're in South Louisiana and you're listening to this and, and you've got a need, like reach out to Catholic charities in your diocese. Like, don't be afraid to ask for help when you need it, because God wants to fulfill those needs and he will provide those resources through, through us who can give. And yeah, Catholic Charities is a uh, catholiccharitieshtorg slash Ida. That's for the home of Thibodeau Diocese. That community Dulac is located in that, in that diocese. And, and they're doing a lot of really great work. If you'd like to give directly to Holy Family Church, he's doing a lot of direct work with the poor friends and uh, poor friars and nuns. You just go to holyfamilydulac.org. That's D-U-L-A-C, holyfamilydulac.org. And there's a button there, like super easy to find. You can just, you can give through Venmo. And, and obviously the Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of New Orleans, there's still a lot of need here in the, in the Archdiocese. And, and they're out there assessing the needs and just trying to get people everything that they need. So just do what you can, people. We're so grateful. Yeah. I love that. No, thank you so much for sharing. I mean, like real ways that people can help, you know, and I love what you were saying about prayer. I'm not very good at like remembering, but I remember there's like a passage in the Bible about, you know, we don't just say like, get up and be well, and then not equip someone with things to get up and be well. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's so important for us to actually, if we are able to um, help, you know, financially, if we can give clothes, give whatever. So that is amazing. And we are also praying for you all. And I, and I really think it's important for us to remember that when things like this happen, that a lot of people jump to help at first, but then there is also this need that exists after events happen. And, you know, I remember in a small way being from Florida, like when there was a hurricane, I think I was in sixth grade, there was two hurricanes back to back and they were both maybe like category twos, but back to back made it like we missed three months of school. So we started our first day of school and then missed three months of school. And then it was just horrific. <laughs> and one thing that I really resonated with you saying is like, it's a hundred degrees. It's so hot. And those are things that you don't think about, you know, it's when you see people suffering in this particular way. Like I remember just sticking to our leather couch and driving to the one McDonald's in our town. The only thing that had electricity and us splitting like a double cheeseburger over candlelight and, you know, taking cold showers, like opening the fridge for two seconds at a time to grab something because we were reserving like for, you know, it was just so much. And I just remember the help of like the national guard coming in and giving us canned waters and us just feeling so happy to just have water and food. You know, we had the army food that you put the water in the thing and then it boils itself and just feeling so happy to have food and water because it was so hard to get And it was just so hard. (laughs) And so, but I remember it just after, you know, people were so eager to help immediately after. And then a couple months later, we're still in our hundred degree house, Mm -hmm. still hungry and, you know, still needing help. So it's so important. Yeah. I think that's part of uh, one of the things that we're struggling with as a culture right now is the, the 24 hour news cycle. And the onslaught of social media, we move from news story to news story so quickly and we forget. And so I really want to encourage people, like even a hurricane aside, resist. <laughs> I want to encourage people to resist that. I, I I struggle with that of like, okay, moving on, next thing, right? Mm. And, we, and people get left behind. 
real people get left behind because we're in this social media news inundated vertigo. Like we're dizzy with the amount of information that comes at us all the time. And so I want to encourage us all to, yeah, just to be intentional with the amount of stuff that we're taking in just because we tend to get so many people get, get tend to be left behind Mm -hmm. in the news cycle. And you're right. Like there is, like I said, like there's the immediate need that was so beautiful to see people fill. And now we're in that period of time where there's just a sustained ongoing need. And this is going to take a really, really long time. And we saw this with Hurricane Laura in Southwest Louisiana last year. They just got decimated and there was a lot of help at the very beginning. And then it sort of waned over time. And there's still people who are trying to rebuild. And so, yeah, any way that you can help the communities in South Louisiana would be such a great gift. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure to put the places that you've listed in our show notes so people can check that out. So thank you for sharing those again. It's so great to be able to have tangible ways. I know myself, I love praying and reposting, but it's also nice, you know, to give my Chick-fil-A fund to someone that, you know, needs water. Mm. So, (laughs) so that's awesome. So thank you for sharing that, you know, and it's, and it's really something so small as that, like I'm making it sound trivial, but something so small as me just not getting, you know, like a couple iced coffees for the week can go to somebody else that is running through like a Costco and getting food yeah. for other people. So yeah, and I, I was telling people ten dollars buys a lot of water, y'all. Mm-hmm. I pay a lot of water. It's probably the best spent money of your entire life, honestly. And ten dollars gets a lot of clean water to people who really need it. So mm, awesome. Well, we'll make sure to share that. And so we're hopeful that you know, that you guys can like get back on your feet and you have our prayers and, and our support as well. And we'll do what we can. Hopefully everyone listening will, you know, not pull over and get coffee today, but send it to the nun and fryer way. So speaking of hope at the end of every one of our episodes, we ask each guest what their hope for the week is. So something that they're hopeful for something they're looking forward to. If you need time um, to think of something, I can go first, or if you're ready, you can go. How are you feeling? You go first. I'll okay. be inspired. I'll be inspired by yours. Oh, you'll be inspired. My last couple hopes have really just been like to stop eating ice cream. So I would rein in your hope. Um, okay. So my hope for the week is that my, I'm really trying to be more liturgically intentional. So I know we're going to be like rolling into all saints day and all souls day. And I'm really, really wanting to go to a cemetery and like pray. Um, and I'm really, really wanting to do some saint celebration. My family is, you know, not practicing. So it will just be a saint celebration with myself or, you know, kind of learning about the saints with my mom. So I am hoping that we can do something together, hopefully, and kind of just be more intentional with the seasons. I think sometimes it's like All Saints Day, All Souls Day, and then all of a sudden it's Christmas and I completely missed it. So (laughs) I'm hopeful that I can like be more serious. So that's awesome. See, you did inspire me because oh, thank you. I was really going to say that I stopped eating ice cream, but then I just felt put on. I felt like I put myself on blast. So then I made that up. No, I'm just kidding. You're definitely, you definitely inspired me because we are coming upon some like really awesome saints feast days in the month of October. So uh, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but we've got like Therese, we've got jump of the seconds later in October. As you said, All Saints Day and All Souls Day. I mean, just some really beautiful feast days, Faustina. And so 
Um, I'm actually planning on this Friday, and you reminded me of this. I'm planning on going to celebrate a certain Saints Feast Day with a sunset on Lake Pontchartrain and a picnic with some mm-hmm. friends. So I'm I'm super excited about that. Okay, well that sounds really cool. I was gonna go to Publix and get some pre-made cupcakes, but you know what? Hey, that is awesome. That sounds so fun. Are y'all just planning on hanging out and enjoying each other? Or do you have yeah. like special prayers planned or anything no, like that? Just, just we're just gonna hang out. We're probably gonna grab some food, maybe a few drinks, and just hang out by the lake and watch the sunset on the North Shore up here. Beautiful sunsets during this time of year, by the way, as the days get a little bit shorter. And uh, yeah, yeah. So people, celebrate the saints. It'd be awesome. Go simple. You don't have to make it complicated. Get a few friends together and just just do something liturgical, like Chanel said. It's awesome. I love that. I love that. Well, I'm excited for you guys. I hope y'all have tons of fun. And look at all of us, you know, remembering the saints and being liturgically serious. How fun. So thank you so much again, Adam. We'll put everywhere that you shared on the show notes, but we really appreciate you sharing with us and all of the hard work that you've done um, in the past couple months. I know that it's probably been a lot on you all, but we are praying for you all and happy to be able to have had this conversation. So thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a joy. Thank you guys again for listening and thank you to Adam for being our guest. Make sure to check out more of Adam's recommendations that we've listed in our show notes for ways that you can help the people of Louisiana. And if you can't help financially, do not forget to pray for them, for those that are still suffering. We so appreciate you listening today and we're looking forward to talking to y'all next week. God bless. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.